Welcome to the Asian Digital Supermovers interview series on Clubhouse, where we speak to experts, founders, and investors about the Asian digital economy and ecosystem every week. Monica, Mushir, and I, Pratish, invite guests for a conversation about building, scaling, and operating businesses in Asia. Follow our club on Twitter. Our handle is AD Supermovers for providing us any feedback and staying updated on interview series, guests, and topics. Welcome everybody. Welcome uh, to all the regular listeners, joiners, contributors, and anybody who's new joining AMA today. Welcome to the Asian Digital Supermovers. We have three founders, Monica, Mushir, and me. And the three of us basically cover different aspects of the Asian Digital ecosystem. I look at growth, scaling, Monica looks at product, and Mushir looks at everything to do with DeFi and fintech. So every week, we bring in, as we call, OG Asian experts, founders, and investors who actually share their views and answer questions, our questions, as well as anybody who's in the audience who wants to have any specific questions or make any observations of uh, what uh, has been said. And this is going to be a very interesting conversation because we're speaking to Shaya, who has been uh, with unicorns, as well as now building a very hot startup, Vedantu, previously with Mishu and Prakto. He has spent 14 plus years in UX, UI and design. And our conversation with him today is about does design build businesses and how important it is. And he is also a graduate from IIT, uh, Mumbai, as well as Roorkee. And for everybody who is joining in and who probably will be coming on stage, this conversation is getting recorded and will be made available through our podcast. And the last thing, how this is going to work for the next 45 to 60 minutes, is that for the first 30 minutes, I'm going to switch off hand raise. We can set the stage, have a conversation with Shayat. And then if you have a question, I would request you to raise your hand when I open hand raise and you can come up and ask your question. So welcome, Shayat. Welcome to the Asian Digital Supermovers AMA Club. Hi, Pratish. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me here. Um, happy to share my experience and um, share that with you all. Yep. Brilliant. Great. So I think I have to start with probably an obvious question and please uh, take me as a novice of design or probably I just don't understand anything about design. Is copying design a good idea? <clears throat> that's, in, that's interesting. So first, in, in terms of product design, we, we first have to understand what exactly do you mean by copying, right? Because to be frank, like, the digital design world is very different than you know the the classical or traditional ways of designing that we knew of. For example, fifteen years back, when you are designing a product design, let's say you are making a chair, so you complete or finish a chair, and there's a one single piece of chair that you have crafted, and that can be copied, and so hence people had names of and great designers always made a chair, and there was a chair design which was named after them in architects and product designers but in digital world it, there's, there's, there's no concept of a finished product okay and like what John Maida also talks about that every product is always in the state of evolution there's, and first of all that was one of the biggest thing for every designer 
in the industry who was coming to UX and digital design, that mindset to change is that I have a final product that has to go away. Like you will understand, I mean, you will appreciate this from a product manager's point stand, point of view. But designers traditionally always thought that there is a there is a finishing line. But in digital world, there's no finishing line. Now, if you take that up upward to the entire industry of design, again, there is no finishing line. So if you are picking up something from some place and building on top of it, there's no concept of copying there. Of course, if you are starting on a product and you are picking up another product's complete idea and just changing the logo there, at least I am sure that somebody is going to do that at least. That might be a bad idea, but at and that is going to be proven any which way once it goes in the market because people are not going to like it if they figure out that it's a copy and it's not good. But see, but for all that matters, this keeps happening all the time. And what suits the business kind of primes at the end of the day. For example, in China, there are many products which are absolute copy of what probably there's, that's in the US. And that simply is okay. Because, but that's obviously there is a 10%, 15% improvement on that because it has to be localized. It has to be done some changes. So there is no 100% copy in today's world. There's always a huge range. It can be as close as 90% copy of something. But I think at the end of the day, what matters is that what brings value for that particular business. If making something which is exactly a copy of something does not work with the, your end consumer, there's no point of even getting copying that. But this is purely in terms of, let's say you're trying to copy the idea or copy the product flows or things like those but there are certain things that we keep copying we, we i wouldn't say we copy but we get inspired or we use for example patterns now even if you have three different products all of them will probably have a hamburger menu <coughs> now is that a copy because there is no such thing as a generalized system of hamburger but somebody everybody is using hamburger menu because that's a pattern that everybody understands instagram used snap snapchat came up with stories then instagram also have stories and now everybody has stories so this keeps happening i, I see this as an evolution and uh, as long as you are adding more value on top of it you are moving the cause of design per se so there is no 100 percent copy in design in today's world at least in digital design thank you for that and i'm sure monica being a, a product expert she's gearing up for a few questions uh, of her own and I'm sure she will ask them in due course. But that leads me to an observation, as you mentioned. Don't you think actually copying a design is a good idea from the user's uh, perspective? And what I mean by that is then the product or the company doesn't have to train the user in using the product differently if it does the same thing. And you don't have to spend the onboarding process or the way they have to click or check out the way they would be in in uh, the product so in some ways you probably save the hassle as well as the user's confusion in trying to do the same thing by taking them to the same steps and i could be wrong i'm making an assumption no uh, but exactly that's what i was pointing to that you we try to use patterns which people understand all the time why the buttons look like buttons like previously it, people understood a button because they had higher affordance. Today, we are used to buttons with lower affordance, but people can't make out that it is a button because it's become standard now. And we continue to use that. Like I was talking about hamburger menu. People know that if there are three lines up there, it means that it is a menu there. So pattern use is something, and it is very common. Like we call about 
talk about the in heuristics and usability principles and all that so yes pratish and exactly my point that uh, what does copying mean in digital world okay and and what falls in the boundaries of copying is probably i don't know that if there is a clear boundary there or not hence yes if you are starting with an mvp and you just need to validate you probably would like to pick up the whole thing from somewhere and see that whether people are using it or not and we do that all the time for mvps for even for like i said stories from one people are used to this pattern now so design definitely you know relies a lot on uh, patterns which have already become habits and hence using those uh, patterns is very useful so hence i would say not copying copying would be a wrong word in that case it's basically using established patterns to build something got that thank you so then that leads me to ask how do you define what is a good design so i will okay um, the, uh, and there can be different answers to this what i will try to do here is that i will probably tell you that at least how do i look at a good product design and what how do i try to define that for me a good design fundamentally means a good product design fundamentally means to have three aspects one first is to make something usable second is consumable and third is desirable and at different stages and different stages of development of a product or of different context everything is very context based right that there will be varying degree of of these things required i think usable is pretty understandable even desirable is pretty understandable let me just explain the consumable part because so usable as and that's what we were talking that you use various psychological behavioral aspects of and and the principles of design that you use to make something usable for example you go from one step to the another step there should be a way to go back and correct your step if required right okay when we talk about consumable and this is very true for when there's a business related to there's a business behind that product right that how do you make it also align to the business goals and there's always a balance that you know like how much you want to make it consumable versus you know usable for example in amazon sometimes or checkout flow in a in a particular let's say e-commerce you probably would remove ability to go back when you are in the checkout flow because you want the user to move ahead or while it's right to first explain the entire product but you are going to have a cta right up front so that somebody who even by would want to go and consume it without reading the details there might be 100 fine prints that you really want the user to read but you would want him to move ahead and do something so how quick and how one is that what is the ideal way of doing it that you want this a b c d information and when you say consumable that you try to see that okay can we do away with b and c steps and uh, make it consumable even then and which is aligned to the business goals so that's the reason why this consumable piece is there and it's always a game of balancing these that how much of it you want to make usable how much you want it to be consumable and of course the third part is desirable because if it's not desirable then uh, or del- there's no delight in that use use of that users will not like the product experience and and sometimes that desirable part is also charged like in case of apple while they have a very usable product and maybe a consumer product as well but they actually charge for being desirable as well so that again becomes very important for certain kind of businesses 
so that's how i look at product design usable consumable and desirable thank you that is very insightful and it's a pretty structured way of thinking about it so let me actually go back and start with the experience with tractor when you were thinking of and being a part of the team and building the design around tractor and it was a new concept in india to start with what aspect of design or the process of thinking went into making it the success it is um sorry i didn't get the question pratish you meant what product uh, differentiation or as a business it brought to the table which made it successful or from a design point of view yes from a design point of view from a design point of view okay yes yeah i think so again practo has gone through a lot of different stages and and i think it's still evolving at various stages okay but if you look at and one good way to look at it is that you can map it to the entire way the industry has also been evolving so 10 to 15 years back i think information was a key you went to the web to look at information you searched on google and the fact that you could get that information was a huge value add by itself second was the second and then you had platforms where you had the information and which meant that you have restaurants and you can search for a restaurant and you can look at their phone numbers and connect with the restaurant you can sort them you can filter them out and the third was you know direct platforms connecting you that connection still meant which google still does a lot of these things is now taken up by google because now google takes care of all of these things so you can search for a restaurant you can do that now that's where practo practo started with from that point of view right that's point where it had a list of really good doctors and their ratings and they could connect you with them to start with but as the industry progressed also practo evolved and it allowed user to book the apartment directly on their platform which again was something you couldn't do on just an information site you still had to go to their website but there was no unified experience for consulting with different doctors so they had this concept for which there was a huge there was a there was a lot of groundwork that needed to be done which is that which was the key to their success which was their which was their booking system that they built and was used by a uh, lot of small and medium clinics across which allowed them to put their move their entire booking slots onto the platform and gave the end user a way to evaluate doctors and then immediately book appointments in fact as we speak practo is moving in the next stage of evolution which is the full and final service delivery which also means that you give the end to end experience think of it in terms of like zomato at one point of time would only show you the restaurants but today they are also saying that i will deliver the food from point a to point b and you will get you do not don't only see the restaurant but you also get the food delivered from this and at some point of time the food is also made by the platform itself what's i think from a product and design point of view this has been always the focus of uh, the product and design i would say together that how can you keep evolving this experience because health is a healthcare is a very sensitive area and and how can you keep giving this experience to the user 
One of the key areas I would like to definitely cover is that where design played a huge role and it was very experience-centric was this platform. Healthcare is not something like, it's not a consumption model where you can ask somebody to eat more, but you cannot ask somebody to get sick more. So there is a lot of sensitivity to it. So how do you balance business and and also the need of the user is and, and the sensitivity of the whole topic is something that the design and along with product and along with the whole organization had to take care, which was the most challenging piece, I would say. Thank you very much. I will bring in Monica now to help reset and ask questions. I'm sure she has a number of them. Monica, over to you. Thank you so much, Pratish. And thank you, Shayak. This was very interesting so far, but I, my list of questions has lined up. But okay. before we do that, I have also opened up hand raising because there is a significant amount of uh, questions that I'm sure the audience will also have. So for those who have just joined us, we are speaking to Shayak and he's talking about design in for unicorns that he's actually been building along. We've just spoken about a few of the design elements and of course practices that have helped build up Misho and Bracto. We are going to talk about more. So if you have a question, all you need to do is click on the hand raise icon at the bottom of your page. It's on the top, bottom right hand side. We will get a notification and we'll definitely bring you up. The only request is that if your profile is not populated with any information, then it's going to be hard for us. The reason is because we have to maintain the quality of the speakers, the audience and of course the flow of the conversation. And as the audience keeps increasing, so does the trolling here. So please do be mindful of that. If you don't have anything on your profile, I'm afraid I'll not be able to bring you up. Also, let's do a quick housekeeping thing as well, which we probably have not done before, which is please click on the greenhouse icon at the top of your page. All you need to do is click on Asian Digital Supermovers uh, at the top of the page above my head. Once you do that, you will be able to see all the club-related information and all the wonderful events that we are hosting, not only now, but also in the future. So please do give us a follow. Also do follow all the moderators and of course Shayak, so that we can continue to uh, bring in these conversations to you and you receive room notifications whenever we are hosting events of the kind that you are interested in. And you can curate your hallway conversations accordingly. Last but not the least, do follow us on our socials as well. We are available on Twitter, LinkedIn, as well as Telegram on AB Supermovers, A for Asian, D for Digital and Supermovers. So very easy and we are always monitoring our social media. So if you have any suggestions, recommendations for speakers or any others, please do bring uh, this to our notice. We are more than happy uh, to bring these speakers on. Now, while we wait for questions and audience hand raises, Shaya, one question to you is that a lot of what is uh, in design and uh, is very related to how a product manager, for example, thinks about solving a particular customer problem. Now, I, the reason I ask this is because I come from a product management background. So, Shaikh, when you have built these businesses and you're creating these design options, how do you really mold your thinking to be able to still uh, be able to think for the user, but a very different persona and target segment and catering to a very different need? How much of your experience is therefore transferable from one uh, customer to another customer or one business vertical to another business vertical? And how does one pick it up on the design side? Your recommendations, please. Yeah, I mean, Monica, this is, I think, ground zero for design. Okay, to get the context. And for me, I think the most important piece is getting the right context. 
and when i say that it's it has multiple variables and parameters so one is user obviously understanding the user understanding and again at various stages of the organization you can have different levels of research that you can do to understand if you're starting off probably we don't like the founders understanding is the best understanding that you have to use and go ahead and you don't have money or time to do research fair enough right but in certain stages where you can do proper research let's go and do that and get data and collect information so user is one second is business right what's the stage of the business what's the goals of the business at what are the you know most important pieces which is going to make it keep it moving for this quarter versus the next two years how do you balance all of that i don't know if this question is towards a more junior role because then it's more about executing but from a senior role perspective it's always about prioritizing and making those choices that what is going to work in terms of design balancing all these scenarios user the quality of your design output and then your business and what cost you take that which is relevant to the organization and to the business and to your users at that point of time but answering your point that user user context is at the at the foundation of it right absolutely shayak and nowadays because of the pace of how things move so quickly as well as of course the different target segments that are emerging it's always mm-hmm. difficult but uh, you're absolutely right for a junior person i think the problem is slightly different but versus for somebody who's like leading design obviously uh, they will have a lot more experience of dealing with these kind of personas and being able to cater to them but wonderful set of experiences and portfolio you already have without further ado i'm going to hand back to pratish and come back with my next set of questions in the next segment thanks monica so before i ask my next question just for everybody who's joining in the audience thanks for joining in if you have any questions do raise your hand and we'll pull you up because now we have crossed almost 25 minutes in this conversation so shall moving on i think um, i have a question how much is design creativity versus data and feedback <laughs> interesting question see i can give a very very objective answer but let me know that if you want me to explain that so for me it's data and feedback is 70% and creativity is 30% now <laughs> would you want me to go deep to explain why do i think so absolutely I, I, okay yeah so that is how i operate okay i am not saying that this is axiom or this is a established truth out there but so here's the thing because most of the product design you start with user user research and you try to understand the user that's also data okay and you start with business requirements so you are fundamentally starting with some amount of information right and when usually the complexity of typically usually when we do products and they tend to be slightly complex what is important is that you first start designing in a forward thinking manner in a linear way and when i say forward thinking what i mean is that if you just start using the first principles of design and start putting the information in the right hierarchy in the right flow and doing what is is necessary like you know create the wireframes get the idea put the uh, you know right things in the right places you will have uh, a decent design shaping up in front of you and that is very much required because it has to take care of 
the functionalities, the business requirement, the information design, IA and everything. And that part is something that I expect to be almost 70% because that's going to make sure that your design is scalable, consistent, it's working right. Now, the 30% which I say is creativity is basically the way I look at it is that working backwards from some abstractions. Okay. And in an ideal world, I would like to work in a way where I move 70% forward and then I come 30% backward for some inspiration and try out some abstraction. And just to give an example, if I were to make, for example, let's say I have to uh, add a delete functionality to a file system. The, the, the way of doing it would be that you go to the file, you click on the file, there is a you know button to which says options. When you click on the options, there is a menu that comes up and then you have delete option and you click delete. So that's the linear way of thinking. Uh, this is work but this is doesn't like and this this probably can scale this takes care of all the basic necessary pieces of the system thinking and everything but at the same time if you figure out that delete is such an important option and you make a dustbin and you create a small icon there and i'm saying probably at some point of time some designer looked at the dustbin and said hey why can't i just throw my file into the dustbin and that is abstract thinking design abstraction right and you create a dustbin button on your desktop and you say, okay, for delete, you don't have to go through that flow. You just have to pull it here and throw it there. So that is 30% of what I mean is creativity. So typically when I'm solving, I encourage people to at least go 70% forward, then take a break, come back with some abstract creative ideas, move 30% back from there and meet somewhere in between to solve both for creativity and also for the complexity of the project and the problem is there. Yeah, so that's how I define that. Thank you. Moving ahead, how does a design team need to think of working with the product team? Because they're basically different sizes, the same coin. Yep, yep, I think that's a... So instead of product team, let me first talk about that I feel like, you know, uh, in my belief, a great, one of some of the world's best product has come out when there is a perfect marriage between a product guy and a design guy. Okay. And there is, I think, hands down, it can't be that a designer can do magic by themselves, a product manager can do a magic by themselves when it comes to a extremely brilliantly designed product. Some of the best examples that I can quote right away are, you talk about Apple, you had Steve Jobs, and he always worked with one of the designers, One like previously it was Hartmut from Frog, but probably later on it was, so later on it was Ivy, Johnny Ives. Okay. And, and they would work like they are part. It's not about that I, product manager is doing one thing and designers doing another thing. And if that happens, then you I don't have the best product. So if you look at closer to home, you can talk about housing.com which had a great product and if you look at it there the product guy i think fairly ceo rahul was very closely working on the product and also suvanil like they worked together to build whatever was built so you had mintra at one point of time there you had javanta and deepak menon who did the first round of great design rehaul of mintra you had clear trip which was gold standard in terms of design it was a product manager who came with a design degree and 
who, who yeah and you can understand that kind of uh, work that would have happened there at the conversations that would have happened there so i think first what you mentioned that i don't see them as separate if something really great has to come out so this is very important for design and the product team to have you know very strong respect for each other and and uh, help each other to in the areas and ideate together typically uh, and in coming back to uh, this is as a philosoph- philosophical level and a theoretical level but uh, coming to a very day to day activity i would say typically in a day to day in okr setting and everything there are three kinds of products requirements that are generated there are one which is a set of prescriptive ones where the product knows that okay fine i have to add one offer layer in the payment page probably we can add this here and completely fine and the designers can just do that because that is already existing pattern so don't need to think too much about it probably the product manager has done a great job about researching the second set of product things are those where that those are l2 level problems for example the business has a requirement saying okay fine we have to improve our revenue from engaged users by x okay now the product comes back and says that okay to do this we will try to probably work on referral now that is a l2 level problem okay so you have already decided that there is a referral program that we want to leverage on and the designers start working on that so there is a some bit of prds and direction already set so that is a second set of product. and then there is ll0 which is the exact problem that engaged user you know let's increase the revenue by so and so percent and when the product manager comes with this problem and start doing a discovery session with the designer now and in a typical scenario you will have all three kinds of pro- projects the more you have the first you know, the last one which is the l0 level problems that you're talking about is where the design team is very ma- where the where the maturity of the relationship is very high the lesser it is that like that maturity is low and i think it's always good if product and design find a good balance of these three kind of product requirements that comes and they work because the first one I mean, the last one which was the l0 problem statement the product and designers are discussing together about the solutioning and to be frank like if you if the work in the way i spoke about which is like almost two partners in crime magic happens great thank you i would probably bring in mushir he has a question for you Sorry, I was getting off mute. Uh, Shag, it's been very interesting listening to your comments across a variety of themes. But one thing that I wanted to ask you about was: um, Do you feel that to be in product design, can anyone do it, or are there any specialized skills that they need to acquire? Do they need to get some training in the in university, or go do a course, or can they adapt from existing roles that they may have worked in? to be frank i don't believe you know see design uh, as i say like it's, it's a vocational course right i mean like um, and and to be frank you don't need any uh, anybody can be a designer okay of course educa- education does give you i think the one piece that uh, a proper training or a proper degree or a proper educational institute gives you is the way you think about a problem but that again can be picked up anywhere if somebody has the right coaching or is able to pick up somewhere so technically anybody can be designer there are definitely skills required now if you have 
that's fine. And there is also a part of craft. If you want to jump that piece, then that's a different story. Okay, because there is also now fields of design which doesn't need too much of craft, like strategic design management, okay, and like design research probably. But if you are talking about pure play product designing, there are definitely some skills that needs to be acquired. Now that those again doesn't need to come from an institutionalized education. And today, in in, in today's world, uh, there are like if somebody is diligent enough and they can just do an entire learning can happen on YouTube. It depends like what is the what kind of training that you would need to specialize in this. But I don't think that there is an absolute necessity for this. There is obviously a lot of goodness that comes with instant education. But yeah, to answer your question. Anybody can be a product designer if he gets the required skills and can follow through on that. Thank you, Shaq. 